Welcome to my basement, everybody. <laughs> I'm joined by my good friend, Ben Silverman. Uh, you've seen him on Reviews on the Run. You've seen him on Electric Playground. He uh, has worked with Yahoo Games for a long time. Uh, he's had a very, very long and illustrious career in the video game space. Everybody loves Ben Silverman, but I love him the most. And I miss him, and uh, it's been crazy not to be making television every single day, but it is wonderful to have you in the basement, sir. How are you, my friend? Well, you made me feel really old already, <laughs> so I feel I feel pretty crappy right now. I, I thought I thought my gigantic headset was going to be the oldest thing about me right now, but no, you just made me feel pretty ancient. Um, other than that, I feel I feel great, Vic. I feel great. I miss you. I miss you too. That's a very esports headset, man. That that uh, that totally fits with what's going on in the video game space these days. Have you heard of electronic sports? I have heard of electronic sports. I just heard that UC Irvine has uh, just created an arena for you for esports. That's right. It's the first, insane. The first, the first public university to uh, to actually ha offer scholarships. There have been some private universities as well. And if you're wondering, how does Ben Silverman know so much about esports all of a sudden? <laughs> it's because, uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I have uh, I've pivoted, as they say. Yeah. And uh, that's what they say. Jerks say that, really. Pivot. <laughs> pivot it. I've made a pivot, and now I'm looking at esports. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still at, at Yahoo, which has been my gig this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no longer with games there because they are uh, exiting that. Uh, but they have entered uh, the esports uh, market with Yahoo Esports. Uh, a lot of people are doing esports, and that's <laughs> Yahoo. Now I'm, I'm helping them do esports. Well, uh, you're working with the tech side of Yahoo, which is kind of interesting. You were kind of moving more and more in that direction, anyways, and then there was this big kind of change. You know, and Fiscally, you know, speaking, it probably makes a tremendous amount of sense because there is uh, a lot of money being thrown around at esports and VR right now. Um, but you know, without having to disclose every single personal uh, kind of idea that went through your head when this news was coming down, tell us a little bit about uh, how this felt, this transition to esports felt for you. Um, without it being personal, without it, it's you don't so to, much. You don't have so to go through better. every neurosis that you had around this. Thing, but how, how long is this show? The show's only an it, hour, it's right? It's as long as you want to be, man. You can lie down on the couch. You can tell us all about it. Yeah, when you get a guy like me started on neurosis, man, we're gonna be here all month. I mean, I could just go. I mean, my dad, I was nine. He, I wanted, I wanted an SNES, and he got me a Genesis, and it's just been. Oh no. Yeah. There. That's, um, is that is that yeah. the uh, that's the descriptor for your video game career right there? Yeah, everything was like peachy, peachy up until it was like a SNES or a Genesis, and then I got a Genesis. And it was just, it was just a show. Um, can I swear? I just did, so I guess so. Yeah. Whoops. It's Sorry, okay. internet. The sensors the internet. have no idea where we are. They can't I find know the, us. The internet's usually pretty clean, so we're, we're like the the iPhone before the FBI cracked it. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like a flip phone. Yeah. Basically. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been pretty wild. It's been a wild year uh, for a lot of reasons for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, everybody, everybody I love musically has died. So that happened at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like everyone was dying. Yeah. And then and then all these gaming sites were shutting down and then Yahoo Games was shutting down. And then I stopped working with you. It was, I mean, everything just it was like, what happened? What's happening? Yeah. And uh, it's like rug pulled out from underneath all of our feet. Kind of. 20, 2016 has been like a real. Yeah bastard to, i just in general i think it's like not been an awesome start to the year yeah but but for me professionally it's been a really cool I'm, I'm surprised i mean i've been doing pretty traditional video games editorial uh for 
a long time for for a couple a couple decades technically this would be my my 20th year doing this and uh and so to kind of you know look towards something else and and esports i i'm haven't been a huge fan i think a lot of people in my position in your position Mm -hmm. we've sort of been kind of ostriching this thing like we know esports is huge. We know League of Legends is like the biggest game in the world. We know that Dota 2, the international, these, these are they're huge, impossibly huge, and everybody seems to be interested in it, except like the editors of all these <laughs> outlets, you know, like <laughs> except the guys and gals who are like running the show. Yeah. So, so for me, this was an opportunity to like kind of invest in it and, and investigate it and see really w- what esports is all about. And partly, it's been a learning curve. Um, Partly, I, I kind of already, I'm already in. I mean, I, I, I've professed my love for Hearthstone uh, to you and on on the show, yep, yep. billions of times. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite games. Um, Rocket League. I have my own games that I love to play competitively, and that I do watch clips on YouTube, and I'll watch I'll watch competitions. Um, and I've also been a huge sports fan my whole life. I, I I'm a, I've been a, grew up in LA in the 70s and 80s, so that means I'm a de facto Lakers fan. Not so much anymore because it's, it's, it's you can't be a Lakers fan anymore. They're they're the worst. But uh, I've lived in the Bay Area also for as long as I lived in LA. So technically, I can be a Warriors fan without being a bandwagon Warriors fan. I've yeah, been yeah. for them for for decades as well. So so for me, it's kind of trying to figure out how this marriage works: sports and video games. I love both of those things, and yet for me, for a long time, esports has never really clicked. And you would think that would be an automatic thing: like you like sports, you like video games. Why wouldn't you like esports? But mm. I, I've always sort of been like, I don't really understand the vocabulary. I don't understand it moves so quickly. They don't have the benefit of like, you know, you watch an NFL game and something happens and they freeze it, and someone draws on it and yeah, there's yeah. time in between things there's 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 breaks there's timeouts there's you're half right, times you're right Com- yeah yeah and, and a- most- every sport that we watch it's like you can learn this the whole entirety of the sport every time you watch any game when you watch a baseball game a, a soccer game a, a hockey game you get the whole history the whole encapsulated professional sports history in yeah. every broadcast and video game coverage just can't do that you're right yeah, part of it's the nature of the game. Yeah. Part of it is, is the nature of just the way that that the world has been approaching esports. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's been very much preaching to the choir. It reminds me a little bit at sort of the beginning of my career, the way the video game industry was sort of you know insular and right. sort of was all about like you had a website and people who read it were fans of the games. And it was just fans all the time, yeah. and it never wanted to broaden. And now you look at how broad video games are, and everyone's writing about it, and everybody's writing about it with, with authority and knowledge. It's not such a big thing to be a fan anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think esports is still sort of in that like really fan-driven, community-driven place. And that's really exciting. It's really cool. But I think it's also missing some of the you know, sort of the broader view that that bigger outlets can do when you have more resources, you can present it in different ways, you can come up with different ideas. And the amount of money being poured into it is absurd. Everybody's jumping on it. I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know how big it's going to get or, or if there's a bubble that's going to burst and people are going to like not want to watch every single thing that says esports with it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely exciting and it's definitely a thing. And then at the same time that I'm covering esports, I'm also still covering VR uh, for Yahoo Tech. So for me... I've kind of, even though I, I still love conventional video games, and we'll talk about that, uh, I, a lot of my life is going to be sort of esports and VR, which sort of weird, and not kind of by choice, just kind of sort of weirdly it happened like that. And <laughs> well, that's, that is 2016, though, in a way, right? It's kind of yeah. like part and parcel uh, with the biggest stories that are happening right now. 
and Yahoo's chasing it, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think that esports as a as a thing, I think maybe suffers a little bit from uh, an over amplified kind of uh, expression that this is the brand, this is the thing. Everybody's just throwing that word around so much that it, there is a little bit of like, uh, okay, I've I've got it. But the idea of professional gaming and or, you know people being so good that they're getting paid for their skills is not new. It's been around for a long-ass time. It's just sort of evolved to a sophistication level right now. And also, the uh, I think the democratization of uh, these free-to-play experiences out there available to everybody and they can compete at higher levels has really kind of transformed and changed everything for this business in a big way. Yeah, it really has. And, and I mean, also the nature of the games. I mean, I, I, I have a hard time playing MOBAs. Yeah. Um, but... I mean, compared to me playing Quake back in the day, like I probably actually have a better chance at figuring out and being okay at Dota 2 than I do at like having had a chance at killing anyone in Quake. I mean, even to this day, right. if I were to hop online right now and play competitive Halo, I would just it would be a disaster. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. everyone's really good. And with these sort of new ideas with games like Rocket League or, or for me Hearthstone, you feel like you can get better. You can watch and you can learn and, and you can enjoy it the same way you could enjoy uh, basketball. I mean, I'll never play basketball. I mean, I never ever would have had an opportunity to play basketball at any sort of <laughs> level beyond my crappy high school. I was the 12th man on the varsity team. Like, that's as good as it was going to get for me. It's about the game. But, it's about the play, man. But, but you know what? I've been able to enjoy it my whole life. Yeah. I've been able to like watch basketball and be connected to it. And I feel like esports will eventually get there. Right now, it's hard to follow. Right now, it's very much about people who know everything right, about the right, sports. Right. And like, I mean, also look, the team names are crazy, crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like you, it's not the Bears and the Giants and the it's the, you know Solo Mid and Fnatic and Navi and like these. They're just they don't. Yeah. Cloud Nine. They don't like kind of. And they're all you. missing a vowel or two. I mean, it's it's kind of extreme. <laughs> and then there's apostrophes and things, and you got to kind of just collapse them all down. You know, I, I look at that stuff, and people have asked me about producing content around esports all the time. And, and you know, they're obviously like, well, you're having a tough time with, uh, you know, finding that home right now for EP. Why don't you just make esports stuff? And it's like, well, it's very crowded. There's a lot of people doing it. And my philosophy is, uh, you know, really love what you're going to produce because it's hard to produce anything, you know, especially yeah. like broadcast and television and, and this stuff. So really, really know it and love it and live it. And I just don't. I mean, it's it's very fascinating. And I love that we do stories on esports and stuff. But for me right now to 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 do what you've been doing, unless somebody said, OK, well, here's the here's the job and here's the the opportunity and here's the position and here's your budget. And, and you know, we trust your instincts and we want you to go for it this way which I think they've done with you, it would be, you know, a, a very uh, un, kind of inauthentic thing for me to just kind of position and suddenly start paying all kinds of attention out there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I mean, I also want to make it clear that like my involvement and being a part of Yahoo Esports, um, there's a team, a big team in place, and it's, it's being run by Yahoo Sports. Uh, yeah. And they're really awesome with sports coverage. And the people who I work with on the esports team, uh, they hired a lot of really incredibly knowledgeable esports people. Mm-hmm. You know, people who have been in the community for a long time, journalists and and uh, hosts, and uh, a really knowledgeable team. So I don't feel necessarily like I have to come in here and sort of say, "Here's how we're going to do it," because yeah. I'm learning a lot of that on yeah. the job. Which must um, be the best part of this gig for you, right? I mean, you're in this yes. in this space right now 
that you were, you know, six months ago, pretty unfamiliar with, for the most part, I would imagine. And now you're you're soaking it up. So now you have this whole brand new skill set that must be really exciting for you. Yeah. Well, I just find the whole thing. I just I just find the whole thing sort of exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's something I don't know anything about, mm-hmm. and it's really easy getting comfortable with your the things you know, especially right, right. At, in this job. You know, we we know I. You know, any, if, if you were to offer someone a job in the video game industry as an editor and you were accepting resumes, every single person would say, like, I started gaming when I was three. Yeah. Oh, here's my, you know, here's my <laughs> sheet of, like, I played, I beat Castlevania. I was in my fetus. I was a fetus. It, here are my achievements. Castlevania. Yeah, exactly. Check, I have 400,000 achievements because it's all I had. I could tell you everything about the lore of Dead Space. Yeah. Could blow your mind about Dead Space. And it's like everybody's got that sort of, that passionate in understanding and know-how of it. And, and I have it. I mean, I've been doing it my whole adult life. Yeah. Weirdly, yeah. this has been my job. And over time, you sort of, it's not challenging. You're just doing it, but it's not necessarily challenging. You have to find ways to challenge yourself. So for me, this was kind of an opportunity to really challenge myself, but in a way that I think syncs up with the things that I kind of love and know anyway. So yeah. it's yeah. it's a new thing and a new adventure, but it's it's it saddens me, what saddens me, Every day, I don't get to see your cherubic face. Uh, Is that can I say cherubic? Is sure, that okay? Sure. That's, like that's, chub, like chub cherub. It's, You're like it, my chubby cherub. It's these, huh? It's right there. It's yes, Quidditch. I know. Uh, thanks, buddy. You're squeezing yeah. me through the Skype cam. I love yeah, it. I love it. All right, so I love it. Um, so that's what you've been doing basically since December-ish. No, I mean, I, I actually joined that team in, in February. Oh, okay. So it's very recent. I'm, month and month and change in at this point so uh yeah no i'm I'm still getting my feet wet yeah okay cool are you still reviewing traditional games like you have been with uh with yahoo have you been playing quantum break or under embargoes and stuff like that but are you still sort of checking everything out that's that's coming in yeah i am i mean the last month or two has been a little kooky like i wasn't able to spend a lot of time with the division because uh that came out sort of right as i was moving into the esports group so right you know, I, I've sort of missed a few of those things. At the beginning of the year, I mean, I I, I did. I, w- I was playing, reviewed Oxenfree and Firewatch and Street Fighter Five, which I guess actually would be esports. Um, yep. Um, and yeah, I uh, moving forward, and yeah, I mean, I, I intend to still be doing some of that coverage, both on Yahoo Esports and possibly on Yahoo Tech. Um, you know, I'll be covering the Rift, uh, tentpole games like you know the Uncharted's and the No Man's Skies and everything. Right. I'm just going to name a bunch of Sony games apparently. Uh, <laughs> and Ratchet and Clank is is on deck. It's coming soon. Right. Well, that's right. good. So your 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 job has changed. The the sort of description has changed, and you're not working with Foobs every week right now. But you're still, yeah, right now. Two, not even a single tier. It's two tiers. Two tiers. Yeah, and that's that's right now. Things will change. But uh, you're still in the space, and you're kind of testing all the cool shit, and you're still having fun, and you're learning, I think, I learning so. stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I'm pretty cool with it. And you, and we saw you at GDC. I saw you at GDC, and uh, it was a good GDC. Did you have have a good time down there? I had a great. I I love GDC, man. Yeah. GDC. I'm all about GDC. It's such a weird show. It's such a weird show. It's like so much shit just thrown into this conference. It used to be just a bunch of game developers showed up and like would sit there and have Maya workshops and like yep. some dude would be like, check out my tree technology. would be like, that's pretty cool tree rendering and like try to write a story about tree rendering. Mm-hmm. And now it's just all kinds of crap. You've got this huge indie scene there. You've got 
all the V. I mean, this was all about VR this year. They had an esports summit for a whole day. It's like it's just it's like it feels to me like it's sort of you go to GDC and you get a sense of what's going to be happening or the big thing that's happening in the video game industry for the like in, in a year, not what's happening this year, but like in 2017, right. esports and VR are going to be sort of really cranking. You know, so they're starting to launch. The Rift is out. Do you, did you get your Rift? I did not. I, yeah. I I have one coming. I think it should be here. I mean, it, it, literally now it could be here tomorrow, okay. uh, sometime this week or this weekend. But they're, they're having a hard time, I think, with that, with just the pre-orders and the back orders, and they didn't make enough. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably it's probably going to be par for the course with all of the launches. I think throughout the year for all of these big VR things, I think there's going to be shortages. Maybe some of them yeah. intentional, maybe some of them not. But yeah. did you check stuff out? Did you check any new VR stuff out when you were at uh, at GDC? Oh, I did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I sat with almost the entire um, Oculus launch lineup, mm -hmm. um, and that was you know probably what was a couple weeks before the thing shipped. So I, I yeah. played a lot of final. Final builds of stuff. I sat through uh, a lot of the uh, PSVR stuff that they had there. I was at the announcement, sitting next to our friend Jeff Kanata, in fact. Oh yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and uh, I haven't spent a lot of time with the Vive. That's the only one I've only I've had like two or three Vive demos. That to me feels a little bit like it's really cool. It's just it's such a ridiculous ask that you're gonna have like a. I mean, this is my nerd space, yeah. and like, yeah, I, yeah. I, what am I? Gonna, I have too much crap. Like, I can't. Who's gonna? I don't know. Well, in the future, <laughs> we won't have crap because it will be virtual. And so we'll have big empty rooms and we'll like put that. on our goggles and then we'll look at our crap. And then with our haptic hands, we'll be able to walk up and feel our, our crap, but it'll be virtual crap. Much easier to clean up, no dusting. <laughs> what do you think? I like using to feel your crap like this. Ooh, 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 bat, ooh, bat, man. Uh, I got, bat, ooh, I got bat. some crap right here. Look at this. Spider-Man. <laughs> so out of all the VR stuff that you have played and tested, and, and honestly, you know, I'm going to fess up. I still have not done this in public because I'm Did just you not, not going to do it. You not do it. No, I, I got to go and be on camera right after. I watched everybody mess up all their hair and have these How big goggle plants it? on their thing. I'm not going to do that. You I, could, I, I saw it. You, you couldn't know, walk five fucking feet at GDZ I, without I'm, knocking into a riff. How did you at E3, it? I figure I'm just going to bring uh, Tuke. And so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wear a toque and some shades and that's it. I'm gonna do the, all hats. the reporting. Just wear, a hat. wear, wear hats on the show. That's my whole, my whole thing this year for 2016. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But all, all the the VR stuff that you have now tasted and sampled, what's the most exciting thing? And which one of the three are you uh, machines? This the hardware offerings are you most excited about? Well, those are two different questions. Mm -hmm. Uh. I don't know what I've seen that's the coolest game because they all offer something. Um, probably the coolest thing that I've seen was uh, was it called Henry? I think it is, which was a short that mm -hmm. was done by Oculus Studios, um, and it was done by a guy who used to work at Pixar, and it was basically like this hedgehog, uh, this eight-minute short with a hedgehog who had like a kind of uh, was friends with some balloon animals and they were scared of him because he had spikes and it was kind of a very cute little Pixar like <laughs> tale. Right. And you're watching this and you're sitting in his house uh, in this like tree. Cool. And I, I just, I, I thought to me that was, that was one of the most aha moments I've had with VR where I was like, this is, I, it's going to be hard for me to watch a regular movie again. Like, I feel like I'm in this space. He walks over there and I'm following him and, and he's, and he walks back this way and I'm looking here and looking at, something else in his room and I feel like I'm with this hedgehog in this experience and it made it 
crazy and more emotional than what would have already been emotional. And I think that's incredibly early stuff and where they're going to take that and how they're going to figure out how to create film experiences in VR is fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not a game. I mean, that's that's non-interaction. When it comes to interactive games, I think Adrift is amazing. Uh, you know, Adam Worth's game. I think that's really cool. I think uh, Lucky's Tale uh, is a sleeper and a killer app. Um, it's basically, you know, Mario sixty four. Yeah. Um, and you're and, and you are the right thumbstick. Right. Except, so here's the way I was trying to describe that to somebody. Like when you think about most VR things, or when you think about most games, there's there's Okay, there's like the first person experience, right? Where mm -hmm. I am, mm -hmm. you know, I am Mario, right? Yeah. Then there's the experience that we have with Mario where it's, it's third person and, you know, you see Mario running around or you see Mario on the screen, but you still say, I am Mario, even though you're not right. looking through Mario's eyes. Right. With this, it's like a second person thing. Mm -hmm. So you see the character, you're helping the character, but I didn't really feel like I was lucky. I feel like I'm kind of a voyeur in his world and I'm helping him on his adventure. Right. Um, because you can kind of see his dangers before he does. Ah, in a okay, cool. Is there anything uh, that you can interact with, you know, from a VR standpoint that kind of makes Lucky's travels a little bit easier or changes up the game mechanics, uh, you know, from what we've known before? Or is it just taking a, a 3D cartoony action platformer type game and, and letting you look around in every direction? A bong. You could take a big bong rip and that would make it <laughs> like amazing. much, much more realistic. Um, I mean, I, I, it, the controls and the kind of functionality of it was it's pretty standard platformer stuff. Like, okay. you know, you jump on a guy's head, you, okay. you know, swing your tail around, hit somebody, whatever. Um, and again, I haven't, I haven't played the final version, but right. there is something that happens when you can see the world and you're looking – when you look back and you see the world in the distance and you're, you're looking at things – that the character sort of isn't seeing in a way that the character doesn't see it. It's I sound crazy. You sound crazy when you talk about no, VR. No, you know what it is. It's it's uh, and I you know I'm I, I'm playing Quantum Break right now. I can't talk about it, but uh, uh, the one thing that I will say is that it, it because it's it's a, a fusion of everybody knows this of storytelling, sort of linearly told, but also game mechanics and a lot of the same models and ex, you know expensive sort of. Uh, graphics are all kind of integrated in, in that endeavor. It also seems like a precursor to VR storytelling because you can uh, imagine that world that they've created for you enveloping everything and seamlessly transitioning to a video scene or a movie scene and then back to a game thing. And I think that's going to be a big future for, you know, a big part of the future of how we experience games and movies going down the road, you know. But another yeah. another thing is Half Life Two, right? That was one of the first ones where the story is going on all the way around you, and you can just pivot and point and look at every uh, direction that you want to, or you can, you know, try to position the camera perfectly so you can see it in a, in a kind of a scene, you know? Yeah, it's interesting too. I mean, when you talk to game makers about developing things for VR, you have to use totally different techniques. I mean, in a game like Quantum Break or in any sort of uh, third-person game, mm -hmm. you always sort of know where to go, right? There's like, there's a light or something that kind of says, well, maybe you should go down this path. Or, you know, if it's a pretty linear game, you know exactly where you're going to go. But in VR, you, you, you often are looking in the wrong place. And right, you're, yeah. You're literally, you're literally looking over here. Yeah. And you get turned around really easy. You're kind of doing this. <laughs> Dude, I know. Then, I've, I, I actually have you know, had a Gear VR, so I've had a taste of it now. So I know that's, that's yeah. not the real deal, but I've had it for a while, and I've tested out some games. And more often than not, I've booted everything up, but I've shifted my head as, 
as I'm trying to load something up and then I find that it's like off center, all the menu and everything is over here. And I'm like, yeah, Shit, well, how do I, because this is not comfortable to play. What you yeah, the Gear VR has a lot of problems with that. You have to like constantly recenter it. Yeah. Um, although I think the Gear VR, it's funny, you know, everyone throws away the Gear VR, and I, I have one sitting right here, and yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, it's not as high res, and it's certainly not as high powered as the Rift or the PSVR or the Vive. But, but you know, mobile VR is, it, I can throw it in my bag, I can take it somewhere. I don't have a cable coming out that's connected to things. Like every time I've, I've, I've played with the Rift, and again, I don't have a unit here, so I haven't really experienced it on my own. Yeah. Like, I was playing this game, uh, I can't remember what it was called, uh, I don't know, make some crappy video game name up in your head. Uh, doodle Blast. Robot Shoot. Okay, Robot Shoot, yep. Robot, robot Camera Shoot. So, and that's what it was. You're like robots, and you look at another robot, and you could jump into that robot's body and shoot, and then the other robots, when they see you shooting, get mad and start shooting at you. Right. So you find another robot, and you're kind of jumping around the battlefield. Okay, okay. As, as you're doing that, you're looking around a lot, because you've got to find another robot. Yeah. So I, fi I find a robot over here and I jump into it, and then there's a robot there and I jump into it. Okay. As I'm doing this demo, I, I feel the guys behind me. <laughs> You're being strangled. Kinda, you know, they're kind of going like this. Like yeah. They're kind of like moving this thing. Right. Because I'm clearly getting tied up in a cable, sure. but they're helping me not be tied up. And I got mad. I'm like, stop it. Like, don't. Like, if, if you've designed a game that I'm going to, like, possibly strangle myself because i'm turning around That's in circles the mechanic like, yeah right. then i need to know that yeah. stop trying to like you know mm -hmm. so i, I look like a lot of the demos that i've played haven't necessarily been the same experience as when you played at home and, yeah. and you've read some of the reviews a lot of people talk about sort of the difficulty in getting the thing on and off some of the problems with having this kind of isolation of the thing i think the gear vr is a little bit easier you can mm -hmm. kind of get it on and off quicker you don't have cables i think that's a better vision of the future of what this stuff's eventually going to be like. Right. Um, even though it's the least powerful at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, the PSVR, you know, you asked me initially what, what of the three I was most kind of excited about. I think the Rift is, is sort of ahead of the other ones. And I think they have the most, maybe the best ideas and the best funding behind it. I yeah. mean, yeah. Facebook's got all the money and, uh, and all I think the people and developers and, and they've got all the games. PSVR is a, a lot more comfortable, easier to get on and off of your head. Um, but I, I noticed a lot lower of a resolution than mm -hmm. with the Rift, and mm -hmm. it was it was noticeable for me. So I didn't I didn't love it. So um, do you think this uh, four point five is coming? The PlayStation four point five to kind of uh, uh, appease that or adjust to that? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Why 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 wouldn't they? how many DSs do you own? Several. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, it, it's it's going to be a kind of a piss off for the the people that have already spent a lot of money because they're going to feel compelled to do it. But uh, I spent about two nanoseconds before I decided I wanted that Batman PS4. So, <laughs> you know, if they if they do something cool on the machine uh, and make it look better uh, and, and more powerful, I yeah, I'd, I'd want one of those for sure. Same with the Xbox 1.5 or whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, but you'd buy yeah. a bottle of the flu virus if it had a Batman logo on it. Yeah, like, true, you'd, yeah. <laughs> you'd buy anything with the well, Batman logo. Well, maybe not this week. No? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry. I forgot to say I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I that's couldn't believe it. I was more upset after that movie than I was after Dark Knight Rises, and I was pretty bummed out after that one with the, uh, yeah, I'm going to get you, Mr. Way. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> it was... Just unbelievable! This this movie. Have you seen it? Have you gone out to see Batman vs Superman? I don't get to see movies. Yet. I have a two year old man. I don't. I haven't yeah. seen. Uh, the, uh, name five movies. There's no way I've seen them. Uh, name five. Ex Machina. Yeah. 
Uh, oh yes, what? I saw that. Oh my God, you yeah. did, that's an old one. That yeah, like, you had seen it on Netflix now or something, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's a year. Okay. So like, you went out to the theaters for Star Wars. Yeah, but I saw Star Wars like three weeks later than everybody. Mm. I have to get, you don't have to, man, I have to get like, I got to get it signed in triplicate. I have lawyers. If I'm going to go out and leave the house yes. that like allow yeah, me yeah. to leave the house, yeah. I have to have the sheriff has to come escort me somewhere. They have a notary that has to you sign know what? off. And as it should be, you're a father. Precedence. <laughs> I just have a, a job that allows me to review movies. That's that's my excuse. I get to go out, and my wife and my daughter are very very patient with that. And it uh, kind of sucks that I got to say, okay, bye guys, I'm I'm off to go to movie land, and hopefully it's good. Yeah, that sucks, Vic. Yeah, no, but it sucks for them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah right. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe they have a great time when you're gone. Uh, they do, and actually, I've been able to bring them to a few of the animated things too, which has been kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear what you're going to think about Batman versus Superman. Uh, but I haven't talked to you in a long time. Uh, in this capacity, what, you, what were your thoughts on Star Wars? Star Wars, I liked it. Yeah. I liked Star Wars. I thought it was a really good movie. I mean, yeah, there were problems, like for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and even while the you know I watched, it, I've seen it maybe how many times? I guess four times, three times, three times. Okay. Once on the plane, half ass. So okay. three, three and a half times. Okay. Um, and uh, there are some holes. I mean, I think the thing I, I in every time I watch it that I, I don't like is just how closely it mirrors the first movie. There's just times where I was like, they should have maybe just did you have to fly into the middle of the thing to blow it up again? Like, is it yeah. still just they make a big giant? It doesn't matter how big the thing is. <laughs> if you fly to the middle of it, you can just blow it up. Like, they, that's how many times are they going to fuck that up? Yeah. And they fuck that up again. Yeah. But the uh, practical effects were spectacular. The special effects were spectacular. The characters were likable. How, when's the last time you saw a sci-fi movie like that where the characters were likable? I yeah. liked the stars. I thought they were good. I thought I believed who they were and I thought it was cool. I like the mysteries that everyone is trying to solve now. Um, you know, uh, full disclosure, I am, you know, uh, a big fan of Lawrence Kasdan oh, and right. Your his family, family friend. Right? And so, and his family. So <laughs> I got to disclose that. But yeah. uh, so it was really exciting for me to see, you know, uh, him back on the project. But I think it showed. I mean, yeah. it felt like the old films and that wasn't just JJ that was Lawrence as well so yeah um, and, I, and that was the challenge with the movie is that they they knew they had to do that but they had to do it in a way that was not you know too offensive to most people and yeah. they achieved that you know I mean they they had to make reprimands for the sort of malaise that we all felt is that the word the right word malaise Mal malaise, malaise. That we all felt for uh, in Canada, it can't. It could be malaise in Canada. Could I don't be. Know. I think malaise you put on bread with a well, little. It's 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 yeah. got an a. It, yeah. So maybe maybe Mal when it actually has an a in it, you guys say i instead of a because a. Is sure, right. Yeah. Or malazi. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, you know, we were all feeling shitty after about Star Wars, and a lot of a lot of us were, uh, you know, based on the prequels. So they had to kind of, you know, appease that crowd, and they did, and that was a very tough ask, and I think they achieved it. And now, yeah, absolutely. And now we are kind of in this uh, this moment of suspense to see how they're going to top it and where they're going to go with all these uh, uh, these separate movies like Rogue One this year. I love seeing the, the aftermath of the fame and the success, you know, and seeing Daisy Ridley's star rising and John Boyega going to hospitals and, and making kids just freak out and all this stuff. I mean, they're absolutely reveling in it, and I love that. I think it's... Uh, and that didn't that didn't happen with... You know, Hayden. No. <laughs> you know, it didn't no. happen to shitty movies. No. So, like, they kind of it, disappeared. And yeah, then, you know, yeah. like we, 
I think we all fooled ourselves when we saw that first one that it was pretty cool and you know maybe got it up again to have a little excitement for the second one and then that was like really not cool and then by the third time and I remember you were probably in that screening that that uh, Lucas starts through for video game yep, journalist at E3 uncomfortable right and the president of uh, Lucas I guess was he Lucasfilm I think he was Jim Ward right I think it was all yeah, yeah he got up and gave a big speech and we were we were all very cynical and jaded by that point. It's like, yeah, show us what you got. And I actually liked the third movie, but it was try that even was trying so hard to make us feel like we were going back there. But yeah, I I, uh, I, I thought about the the the, the pressures that uh, you know Lawrence Kasdan and JJ and that whole sort of creative team, all of the the money and all the pressure to try to make this a franchise and make this a, a new industry for Disney must have been unbelievable and George knocking at the door with his ideas and being ushered out all the time I mean that must have been so <laughs> stressful yeah thanks George thanks I like I like yeah. that image just like just like with like a star like a whole thing of Starbucks for Starbucks like the door again like do you guys anyone want a latte I got I think we, we got to bring back the uh the, the, the Raiders the Raiders got to bring those guys back these guys are great we didn't use them enough I have, I have more of the rap I have some other ideas for the rap you guys want I don't know what's a latte We're just like you know George. what I've got an idea for uh, what, what, what was the uh, the old uh, store guy that uh, had Anakin as his little slave kid what was his name ah, this, this, this guy who talk like this all the time <laughs> that guy yeah it's a good deal let's uh, have a little side story with Watu was that his name yeah Watu. racist yeah. racist Jewishy guy <laughs> hey hey my son is having a bar mitzvah <laughs> it's, it's good huh? you yeah, want to make a good deal what, what was it Watto? Watto, okay, Watto. Yeah, he's a little older. Let's do a whole half, uh, you know, a little half story on Watto. <laughs> ah, my colon's acting up. I'm not feeling good anymore. Oh, I think I got a, got a prostate problem these days. Oh, my God. Or that, uh, that, that fucking, was it a robot on a tiny little pinwheel that was working in that 50s diner or something? Like that? It was so ridiculous. So many ridiculous images from those prequels. So amends made and Star Wars is good again. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. It's I, I'm in it, and I'm I'm stoked to see what happens. And I, I how it's are been things? So long since I've been stoked about anything Star Wars. How are things now? Because you're, you, you know, you're friends with the the Kasdans, and I'm curious to to hear your kind of take on this. But how are things at the? Is it the Kasdan Ranch? How, how does they, it, don't, they don't accept my calls anymore. They're, <laughs> they're very busy. Nope. I'm just like, hey guys, what's it's ben, Benny, little Benny Silverman from high school? What's going on? Hey guys, you guys got any action figures? And they're just like, we don't know who you are. Yeah, and the yeah. gate just shuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't spoken to uh, to Lawrence or uh, them or <laughs> really. I mean, uh, his son Jake and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, yeah, they're stoked. I mean, they're uh, they're stoked. It's a great. It's, I think it's just really great for him to be able to come back to a project that was, you know, such a defining thing for him mm -hmm. and. You know, I mean, when they announced a new indie movie, yeah. I was like, fingers crossed, they're going to bring him back for that, too. That's yeah. what they should just keep uh, totally. bringing that guy back. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. He's, he's amazing uh, as a screenwriter for these things. And, and when you look at where a lot of these movies go wrong, it's because they don't have a great script. And um, I mean, as, uh, as a writer, I believe in great scripts and great words and, and words are important. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Art, don't you think that he will be involved at, at some stage? And I mean, they haven't announced it, but it makes total sense. David Kep, I think, is the guy that's going to be uh, writing the movie. Uh, but certainly they're going to have to punch up dialogue and sort of focus things. I mean, Kasdan would be the perfect choice for that.
He should be, yeah. I, I, I have no idea. They won't. Again, I mean, seriously, I call them. I think might have a restraining order at this point against me, so I, I try not to. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I could, I could get into trouble just for talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's cool, though, man. It's good to be... Uh... You know, it's it is weird because we are we can never kind of escape this nostalgia bubble that we're in, right? It's just like it it feels like clockwork that the the thing that we loved 10, 15, 20 years ago, it's time for us to love it again and the machine has made it kind of percolate and brought back into our life again because the alarm goes off, you know? Yeah. And I think well, that, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I think there's it's it's not just that the alarm goes off. I think it's just that there's the vaults have emptied. <laughs> There's money in it. I mean, there's there's so much. We money. need some more gold coins in that vault. I mean, how much money didn't Batman make? Five hundred million bucks over the weekend worldwide. So no, even it um, doesn't matter if anything's good anymore. It could just be shit. And like, yeah. if you just kind of put a million trailers out and have some crazy, awesome graphics and just stick a superhero in it, yeah. people will fucking line up and see it. It's it's frustrating, you know. And I'm I'm watching Daredevil. I'm about halfway through the second season. Yeah. I, I like the first season, maybe not as much as everybody in the world went crazy for it. Um, and and I like it. I think it's better than a lot of the bigger films. I think it, you they, obviously it's it's longer. They can spend more time on characters and development yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But but I'm just I'm pooped. I'm pooped. Well, I'm, the, I'm pooped. The first season has this, especially for everybody that binge the hell out of it, like me. You can't really tell where one episode ended and the next one started. It just felt yeah. like one long movie, like one really long show. And there was just a fight scene after, you know, a moment of quiet and calmness and and uh, questioning whether they should be doing it or not. And the, the fight, the next fight kind of erupts. In the second season, it's a little more broken up into, uh, you know, sort of narrative focus with uh, a little attention on different characters and there's actually little arcs all the way through it, uh, but it kind of misses the. I think Wilson Fisk was. Uh, he's in the second season too. I'm sorry if you haven't gotten to that part, but, part, but he's. Sorry. There it is. Sorry, dude. Spoiler. No, don't worry. Sorry, right. I'm on the internet. I mean, I should. Just... Yeah, well, does, he... the joke, does the Joker live? By the way, <laughs> Joke Joker's alive. He's good. He'll be back. Great. Yeah, cool. and, and Suicide Squad, which they're now punching up with more comedy. I heard today, which is <laughs> really. Yeah, they got really? some notes back from uh, the world about Batman versus Superman, so they're trying to lighten up Suicide Squad right You're now. Gonna stick fucking Jar Jar Binks in that movie, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? They're gonna do something, man. <laughs> I mean, they gotta they gotta figure it out. Maybe Maybe yeah. Watto, maybe Watto will find a way. Hey, what's going on, Joker? <laughs> I see you laughing all the time. Like, this accent is going to fucking garbage by this Joe, dumpster fire. Of Joe an Pesci, just stick Joe <laughs> Pesci, <laughs> Joe Pesci right into that movie. Joe Pesci, that'd be good. Uh, but no, the second season is phenomenal for all the additional characters and stuff. But uh, Wilson, Wilson Fisk was amazing in that first season. So yeah, he was great. I, I mean, I, I don't mind any of the performances. Like on an individual level, I, yeah. I, I, you know, in even the Avengers stuff, or like I, I'm fine with sort of the casting of most of it. And I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of tired. Like I'm like fatigued by the special effects. I'm yeah. fatigued by the, the the they're almost gonna die and then they survive. I'm just kind of like the 
the rhythm of it. I'm just I kind of want like a a break. Like, it'd be great to have a year of like no superhero movies for a year, so we can start to want something again, as opposed to like every okay other than you. But like no every, no no. But that I mean, it's just not going to happen. It's not happening for ten years. <laughs> They've all they're all so committed to all of these things, man. It's unbelievable. But that's why we're stoked about Star Wars. If they put out another Star Wars in six months, and then another Star Wars six months after that, and six months after that another Star Wars, after four years, we'd be like, no more Star Wars. Like well, I've well, I've you, had it. You know that's exactly. Exactly what they're doing, we get we get a Star Wars every year. Well, right, sorta, and yeah, maybe I'll kind of burn out, yeah. and I, I'm worried about that. I mean, I, I one of the things that was so great about you know the original trilogy was that the wait for the the each one was three years, right? And and after it. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. So we had to like fill in the gaps with our imagination and people had to write novels and we had to figure out what the fuck happened to Boba Fett and right. did, is Chewbacca. I heard in one of the books, a planet fell on his head. Like really what? Like that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like people just came up with stuff and the lore became more mysterious and exciting. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't like it when, when, when that, when that gets ruined by overdoing it with, with any fantasy. Mm. I, I loved like for the, for me, the Lord of the Rings when I was a kid, was a book that I, I had read a couple times, not as a kid, I didn't understand it as a kid, but like, you know, 12, 13, and then through high school. And there were so many unexplained things about it. And there yeah. were so many questions about it. And I loved the films, but I didn't love everything that's kind of gone around it, where everyone now has to explain everything and, and over over uh, analyze every tidbit of everything. It's exhausting, and it takes the fun and the love and the mystery out of films. And and books, and that's why I think you mentioned Ex Machina. That was maybe my favorite film of last year. It was a wonderful movie, yeah. And fresh, and 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 I didn't understand any of it. Mad Max to me is exactly the same way. That was actually my favorite movie was Mad Max. And the yeah. thing I love about Mad Max is like they didn't, you know, he didn't give a shit if you knew what Shiny and Chrome or Morton Joe. I barely even understood his name the first time I saw it. I didn't understand half the dialogue, right. what's right. happening. I didn't really get it, and. I wasn't supposed to. And yeah. that's what fiction's supposed to do. It's supposed yeah. to just present itself and you have to figure it out. Yeah, and that's where they went wrong with the prequels uh, with Star Wars is they tried to sort of go back and explain every thing that we kind of knew was coming before it did and you know, they told us what the hell the force was made out of, you know, like just stupid choices that way which which is crazy. You're right, man. Uh, you know, and I, I um the one thing that I I will continue to give Zack Snyder credit for is that uh you know, he he is trying to carve out his own path with this stuff, and he probably feels the same exhaustion and the same kind of pressures to try to, you know, build a reputation around his ability to create things. I, I don't like a lot of his choices, especially in this new one, but uh, I respect that he is saying, this is mine to make, you know, and if it's a, if, you know, he, and now he's all he's got to really... He's got a lot of fans for this movie. They're all, I've been getting a lot of heat from my review this past week. Uh, but I think he's also reading all the negative buzz and all the negative reviews. And I think he's probably utilizing the, the box office right now as his, uh, you know, his, uh, his shield against any negativity around all this stuff. But at least he did try to kind of make his own kind of vision. You know, and I certainly that was what I liked about Man of Steel. I actually liked that movie, but this new movie just goes too far away from all of the source material and just kind of, you know, slaps it down. I, I, you haven't seen it yet, and I want you to make up your own mind about it. But uh, uh, yeah, it was really hard to watch. It was for me because it was uh, 
there was just too much in the other direction, you know? Almost I hear what you're, I hear what you're saying though, like in a world where everybody seems to be, you know, just trying to bring characters that we love to like on stick them on the screen and just make millions of dollars. Like it doesn't even matter what they do. Just right. put them on screen and make millions of dollars. There is something attractive about an artist, even if it's a bad artist, which yeah. it sounds sort of like people are sort of saying about Zach that he's kind of a bad artist. I mean, I, I again, I, I haven't seen it, so no judgment from me, but yeah. um, I, I get that sentiment of yours, which is he's trying to do something, whether it's good or shitty, at least he's trying to say, I have a vision, I'm an artist, here it is, whether you like it or hate it. I think what happened with that movie, quite frankly, is that they started down a path. I mean, they've delayed it, right? So they had to do a lot of reshoots and they had to change a lot of things. Is I think they started down a path and the studio got freaked out and DC probably got freaked out and lots of different additions and changes were made. Affleck called uh, Chris Terrio in, who he had worked with at Argo. He, he's a, his, his writer partner. And he took over on David Goyer's script. Goyer wrote Man of Steel. Uh, so it looked like a bunch of kludged parts and ideas kind of taped together, but not assembled in any kind of elegant way, even after all of this time and hype and expense. Yeah. And it kind of uh, it falls apart because of that, you know, which is a familiar tale in Hollywood, you know. And frankly, that's what could have happened with Star Wars, you know. I mean, that's kind of what we predicted was going to happen, especially Scott. I mean, I think this was a, a movie that just had a target on its back. As yeah. much as we all loved it, uh, loved the idea of it coming back in, J in, in, in JJ's kind of possession to, to, to revitalize, uh, I think there ha was tremendous trepidation, you know, and uh, uh, they didn't. They didn't screw it up, you know. They have some things that, you know, piss people off. Blake wasn't a huge fan, but, uh, um, you know, the, I mean, I... There are lots of people that were disappointed with that. And actually, a lot of people, it's been interesting this week because, you, you know, I'm known as the Batman guy in the shows and, and I've loved this character and loved the way that he's been envisioned. Vic, you're, you're known as Batman. <laughs> I'm known as Batman. We know but, you're Batman. I, but I've been having, you know, a lot of people just tweet at me or send messages that uh, I just didn't understand this and I didn't get it. And, you know, you're not a real fan. You're just a critic. And all of it is just like, OK, it's very surprising to hear this because I don't know if there's been that many people in the public eye this obsessed with this character or besides me and, and uh, you know, some other people in our space. But uh, uh, I, I have to read that criticism about my discussion around this stuff and kind of soak it up. You know, a lot of people have been saying that this was great, that Batman and Superman is great as opposed to that terrible Force Awakens movie which just copied episode four note by note you know or note for note and uh you know that's absolutely that opinion and uh, they're they're fully entitled to that opinion and it, it makes sense for them but it's been uh, it's been weird I, I feel like usually the fans and i are kind of correlating on mm. this kind of stuff you know yes i i could just little advice just mm -hmm. don't read the comments mm. Just don't read the comments. Well, we're on the YouTubes now, so yeah, just yeah. I just I, I actually scroll, like these comments. Scroll down when you scroll down, you go to the part where like you can share embed, and then just don't go down past that. Just, <laughs> no, like, I I like the comments. <laughs> hey, and speaking of which, we probably have a couple of comments and questions and stuff like that from uh, some of the people uh, yes, that are watching. Either. Blake, what do we got, my man? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> uh, cheap tricks are the best. Wants to know what is Ben playing these days. Hey, Cheap Tricks, did you hear uh, what Blake asked there? Wants to know what, what you've been playing lately. What I've been playing lately? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I just fired up Mitomo mm -hmm. today, uh, and yeah. I have no idea what the it, fuck that's all about. Not, I have a funny voice now on my iPhone, on my little bees on my iPhone. I don't get that. Okay. Uh, started playing that. I am playing Quantum Break. I can say I'm playing Quantum Break. I can't really tell you what I think about it yep. uh, yet. I think tomorrow I can tell you what I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell you that I have uh, some issues with Quantum Break. How about if I just say that? That yeah. sounds good. I have some issues. Yeah. I have some issues. It'd be weird if you didn't. What? Maybe they're all good issues. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Is that okay, Embargo? You have things to say. I have things to say about Quantum Break, as I think the internet is going to say a lot of things about yeah, Quantum Break I have tomorrow. some things to I, say about I Quantum Break, I think you probably too. have some things to say, too. Mm -hmm. um, I am sucked back into Hearthstone. It happened. I got away. What? Um, Esports. Esports. <laughs> okay. Ele electronic sports. Esports. Esports. Look into it, Cheap Trick. Uh, Mortal Kombat sports. is esports now. Were you shocked that that happened? No. No, I mean, I, technically they've already. They, I mean, there've been a few seasons of it. They're, this is just sort of a bigger thing. And what they're doing, I think, now with it is they're they have like a pro league and an amateur league. So if you suck like me, you can still try to win money. I okay. mean, everybody's everybody's doing it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still playing Rocket League. Rocket League and Hearthstone. Like, if 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 everything in my life goes to shit, I will still find a way to play <laughs> Rocket League and Hearthstone. I am 100% in both of those games. Uh, and then uh, I don't know what what, the, what else am I playing. I'm looking around. Uh, still finishing up a little bit of Fallout 4 from time to time. Yeah, it's massive. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, again, the division I kind of missed. I, I didn't really see it. Uh, I, I have it sitting here, and I just haven't haven't cracked it open yet. That is still the it's the weird thing about right now too, because if we were in production on EP in a kind or or both shows, there would be this regular please do these, Ben, please do these. And you would be able to just name off and rattle off all of these games that you've been able to play. Yeah. It's the same with me. I mean, I just posted my division review. I've been getting to it as when I can, and that's been par for the course with all of the games since the beginning of the year. It seems yeah. like there's a bunch of stuff hitting right now. Um, but it is, it's tougher if we don't have the infrastructure and the schedule to kind of make sure that we are playing all of this stuff on a regular basis. Yeah, and not covering the traditional games quite quite the same way at Yahoo. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not not stepping on the gas as hard as I usually would be with this stuff. I am playing a little bit of Dark Souls yep. uh, three, which uh, uh, I have issues with, but maybe different kinds of issues. Yeah. Then a break. I different ah, issues. Okay. Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> and then yeah, I'm really really what I'm doing is biding my time for this rift to show up, and then I'm going to lose myself for uh, for right. a while. And, different uh right uh, vr games but yeah a lot i mean there's a lot of stuff it's year round now are you going to create a virtual family and you're and you're just going to go and talk to your virtual family and you're in your can, can you do that <laughs> i don't know can you do that you, is, <laughs> oh wait is are you talking about pornography yeah i think i am yeah okay you're you gonna do some of that we'll just skype in on one of your sessions one day Sessions, yeah, yeah. It's not really. It's more like a moment in a session. I don't know. Give myself that kind of credit. Blake, any other questions for uh, Mr. Uh, ben yeah. Silverman? Okay. Uh, Jules M. This mm -hmm. is a long one. Hey, Jules M. He says Valve is now putting up one million dollars of their own money behind Counter Strike tournaments. Valve's will putting up one million bucks behind uh, Counter Strike tournaments. So yeah. the question is, will other developers need to put up big money behind their games to make their esports scenes successful? So are other developers going to have to pony up big cash to make their esports scenes as successful? Well, Valve's been the leader in this, right? They've yeah. done that for Dota. They put up a lot of money for Dota, and they've sold items for Dota. And I think a lot of other 
games and uh, and publishers are doing the same thing. In fact, Mortal Kombat, part of the way they're funding their entire esports thing is by selling, uh, you know, uh, Sub Zero and Ermac skins that you can download, and and part part of that money goes towards funding these prize pools. Which I actually think, if you're going to sell DLC and you're going to take that money, putting it into a prize pool is a hell of a lot better than hearing them put it into their pocket. Like at least it's, mm. at least it's maybe something that's helping the community build itself. Right. Uh, right. Uh, again, as long as they're not firing developers for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely Valve's a leader. But I think one thing I've definitely learned and one thing if you get into esports you will learn is that uh, an esport being successful is entirely about the fans. It's not at all about what a publisher does. It doesn't really even matter what the game maker is doing. If, if the fans flock to it and they love it and they support it and they're into it, they're the ones who are going to say if a game is a an esport. I mean, if you really think of of esports as a parallel to regular sports, wh- what do we have? We have the NBA, we have the NFL, NHL. Yeah, there can there can be a finite number of names. You got that six or successful. seven, right? Yeah, so yeah. so League of Legends is the NFL. You know, Dota Two is the NBA. I mean, you're not going to have forty or fifty successful esports. Smash you're Brothers have in there. Smash Brothers, Call of Duty is now you know yeah. pushed pretty hard on it. They've done Street some... Fighter going to do it? Are they? I mean, they're pushing for it so hard. Are they going to be one of the contenders? Well, it's going to take them a little while because they're transitioning from Street Fighter Four to Five, right. and Five has didn't kind of come out of the gate super great. It, yeah. it was lacking content. Yeah. And, but you know, they just had a huge NorCal tournament that went really well, and I think people are digging the game. And and uh, for me, actually, if I'm going to watch an esport, it's a very games, easy one to watch, isn't it? Especially how beautiful Street Fighter Five is. Just a like, gorgeous just, game. Yeah. Chun Li is kicking the shit out of Zangief. Yeah. I get it. I don't yeah. have to go like, what? What is the AD carry? What is the AP? What? And yeah. Then Blake the- and I went to just a local event in San Francisco, and it was awesome. We just had a blast. We and we interviewed one of the producers on the game. I forget the guy's name. Uh, but it was a, a lot of fun and eye-opening. And one of the coolest things that I liked about it was that sense of community and everybody was playing for fun, but also, you know, hoping to, you know, challenge some of the contenders and kind of work up. And it, it was it was really infectious, actually. I really dug that. That's something yeah, I like can sports. understand. Yes. Like sports. I watch a little League of Legends and it feels, uh, you know, like I'm, I just dropped into an algebra lesson or something like that, you know? It's yeah, a- that's, that's a huge problem and I think that's something that at Yahoo and at, at ESPN who's now doing this stuff and I think you're going to see, who knows if Sports Illustrated, who knows who else is going to come into it. Right. I think you're going to try start to see people try to figure that out a little bit so that you're, you're, you're catering to the community but you're also not making it so impossible for people who might want to learn about this and get into it yeah. how do you get them into it too and that's a tough one and how, how do you make uh, VR and esports a thing can, can we put VR headsets on athletes and just have them run at full speed at things <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah you could, do, you could do that I mean you could do, you could do whatever you want if you have someone Give someone enough uh, whiskey. How about, how about do anything you American want Ninja? Is that the the thing or Ninja oh, Warrior? Yeah. American Ninja Warrior esports and VR all the same thing. Let's see. Really? <laughs> Dressed as Batman. Dressed as Batman. Just, maybe we we give them AR so they can actually see a little bit of their environment. Well, have you played Rigs? You haven't played Rigs. No, which I is haven't. Yeah. PS PSVR sporty kind of robot basketball game yeah I, a lot of people didn't like it they get a little sick with it i played it at e3 and totally loved it and to me that was like as sportsy as i felt playing a video game cool. in 
in a long time. I, again, how do you watch it? How do you watch it the right way? I, those questions on how you spectate these things yeah. are that's the biggest problem in esports, I think. Uncharted's going to have a pretty big um, multiplayer component. The the uh, the demo went out there and was gangbusters, super fun. I don't know if you played any of the Uncharted demo, but uh, uh, can you look down the road and sort of predict what might end up being something that you guys would start to uh, like that might create a, a community big enough for Yahoo esports to kind of get behind? I mean, yeah, you look at everything, you know. I mean, you look at any any major game coming out, and uh, especially if if someone's got a track record with it. I think there's games like Paragon from Epic that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that you know, that's a, Yeah. I, I'm lawbreakers, maybe a little less. I think Paragon right now, it, it's definitely a MOBA. It's just, it's a MOBA. It's straight up and it, and it's got a cool kind of Epic games action vibe to it. Yep. But you know, games like Battleborn or games like even doom that are multiplayer focused to be an esport again, like, it's it's really hard to tell until until pros sit with it and yeah. say, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. There's enough here for me to consider. There's a learning curve. I mean, part of the thing about League of Legends or Dota that are so compelling for people is there's just there's so much going on. There's so many strategies and so many ways to approach it right. that that's what sort of turns it into a sport. Even a game like Rocket League that has very simple controls and and you know you don't do a lot. You don't have like you know deep strategies, but there's a lot in mastering that game. That's what we were talking about. Why we almost gave it our game of the year last year was because there's like so much to master these little controls that, right. that it feels sort of like mastering a three pointer or mastering a, you know, fadeaway jump shot. Can developers, you know, start their plan to develop an esport game or does the community have to find it? And I would imagine that that would be an extra layer of risk for any team that wants to, get into the space it's like okay well we're going to try to make a fun game that people like but now we're also going to add this other layer of we want to find a way to monetize this for our fan base and yeah that was a big that was a big thing at gdc at the esports summit we're sort of like hearing developers talk about kind of ways they could try to make their game esports friendly or something yeah. um uh and and to be to be uh, uh, frank, I didn't attend all of those because I had things strapped on my face for most of the day so I missed <laughs> some of those but sure um, you know, I think if you take a game like Hearthstone, for me, is a great example of a game that, like, I think when it was designed and when it was released, it was not looked at, I think, initially by Blizzard as, let's make an awesome esports game to compete with League of Legends. Like, that had nothing to do with it. It yeah. was like, let's make a collectible card game that's free and people are going to pay money to buy packs and that's how we're going to monetize it and that's it. And then it blew up and became huge and then it was like oh wait this can be competitive and oh wait it not only can it be competitive like in that way but people are going to want to watch it and you're going to study players and you're going to learn about how to build decks and you're going to kind of in invest yourself so i think you can design a game so that it's friendly for esports but i don't think you can say i'm going to design an esports game i mean right. you couldn't go out tomorrow and design a sport you could yeah in fact you should try uh batman golf or whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> um but like if you're playing it with your friends, that doesn't make it. I mean, it's a sport, but it's not like a sport. Right. So, right. Um, we actually yeah. did it, did have a game when we were. It was kind of dodgeball, but with frisbees. After Tron came out, when I was in high school, <laughs> and we would fill a whole gymnasium of, of uh, students. Uh, there was like literally like fifty or sixty students in there running around, not trying not to get whacked <laughs> in the head by a frisbee that we would chuck at each other at full velocity. People did go to uh, the the medical office with bloody noses and stuff, but God, it was fun. It was yeah, so fun. 
We should design sports. I take it all back. We should yeah. just start we'll designing sports. just do sports. it. Bong sports, hits man. and sports. How about a bong. sport based on uh, the amount of bong hits you can do? Hey, yeah, Scott the... Jones is online. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bong hits, I don't, think, I don't know if that's it's his ex-wife, I think. That's why they broke up. Hey, Blake, any other questions for Mr. Mr. Silverman? Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Brandon Casillas on YouTube yep. wants to know, hey, Ben, do you still see Jose around town? Aww. I think I, I think I heard I think yeah, I heard that one. You still, did he say the, he say the J word? Yeah, did he, he say, did. You still see Jose around town? I do. In fact, I saw Jose at GDC. We sat at yep. a table together with you, Victor Lucas, mm-hmm. and watched the Game Developers uh, Choice Awards and the uh, IGF Awards, and drank too much wine. And uh, I see him from time to time. I mean, I haven't I haven't gone out to as many uh, kind of again kind of standard traditional video game preview events which is typically where i'd see foobs if we weren't working together yeah but yeah we we like yeah we talk you know yeah i love that guy i know we're all buds so it's weird that we're not in a constant state of working together it's very strange we've had this unbelievable opportunity to just have this consistency for so long and it's so rare in television uh, and it's becoming increasingly rare in the video game space, you know? I mean, people are transitioning and shifting and positions are closing and outlets yeah. are... Cl- everything's kind of different and changed from five, ten years ago. It seems to be much more, you know, individual-focused and, you know, mm-hmm. sort of people... Individuals are brands and they're they're sort of creating their own star around the way this stuff gets covered and, and they draw attention to the way that they're doing their stuff. As opposed to these big outlets and these big, these big. Yeah, brands. it's it influences are are eating our lunch. I mean, that's basically the story. And yeah. um, but I mean, like you know, I stay in touch with, with Scott Jones and I are, are tight and have always been really close. Uh, so I talk to Scott all the time. Steve Tilly and I were on a Rocket League team together, and we email. He's written for Yahoo. Yep. Um, so I, yeah, I really try to stay in touch with everybody, and we're you know, I think what a lot of people don't know about the video game industry, this side of it, the kind of press side of it. It's small, and uh, everybody knows everybody, and everybody's pretty cool with each other. Yeah. And you know, yeah. like I, I've, I've, I've been doing this for for twenty years, and I have friends, not a lot, who are still doing this, but there are some. And uh, it, we're we're like we're like we're like war veterans. It feels like we've all been to Vietnam and back. Sorry, by the way, that's totally inappropriate. If you've actually were in Vietnam, that yeah. sucks. But yeah. but yeah. it feels like that. Like we've been through, we've seen some shit. We've seen some shady press events. We've been, you know, what I mean, like we've played terrible games. Like, it it is weirdly a community and, and of, of people that are always in touch. So, I think Foobs, I imagine, will be if he's not playing Dark Souls now. We will be texting uh, back and forth, uh, trying to help each other out. Um, yep. Yeah. And, but and yeah. actually, Jose and Blake and I are going to be in uh, Warsaw next week. We're off to uh, cover a, a World of Tanks event, so we're going to have some stories based on that. I'll probably nice. shoot some kind of content, maybe a review or something like that with Jose in Europe, which is going to be fun. That's and, electronic sports, isn't it, Vic? Yeah, it's World a little esports. Yes, I'm in your territory. There it is. It's happening. Esports. It's everywhere. You know, and it's and, and what's funny is uh, there was a there's a Lawbreakers event happening in that same time frame, and I, I really want to go and visit those guys. I've never been to North Carolina, but we can't do both. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're in each other's worlds all the time. I, I you know, I'm going to be running into you guys at events throughout the course of the year, and and we will do more stuff like this, absolutely. Uh, but it is, I mean. It's strange, but I think one of the points you touch on is that we don't want to remove ourselves from this industry. It's a really, really awesome, fantastic, phenomenally fun 
business, you know, and sometimes our positions and our jobs have to kind of shift and change. But uh, how many people do you know that may not be in editorial anymore, but clearly have not left games? They're just doing something else in games. I mean, everybody. Yeah. I mean, I tried to leave. I did try to leave <laughs> at my old company, Game Revolution. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in 2004 or five or something, we sold the company and I worked there and then I quit because I couldn't work for the people we sold it to because that sucked. Don't ever own something, sell it and then work. Like sell it and go. Yeah. And, uh, and I started freelancing and doing like music writing and writing about television. And I was like, this is great. This is totally my new thing, man. I'm just going to not, I'm going to write about music. I'm going to write about, I'm just, and then who knows, I'll just be like, I'll work at Pitchfork. Or I'll get my band back together. And my wife didn't like any of that, but it sounded great <laughs> to me. And I'm like, this is my new plan, man. This is great. And then all of a sudden I got a call from someone at like UGO who was like, hey, you're on the West Co uh, left coast, like le the left coast, the West coast. Yeah. You're on the West coast. Like there's a Capcom event in San Francisco. Like you want to, you want to go? And I was like, ah. All right, like I need money, and then <laughs> it's like now that was in 2006. That's ten more years. You like got, it's just you got an Al Pacino in you. Think it be, you you got an Al Pacino. Every time I try to every get every time I come out, they bring me back. Sounds like your Watto, buddy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's called one accent. I have one accent. It's an Armenian Jewish Italian accent. I love it. I love it. Any other questions, Blake? Yeah, I have uh, one that's probably good as the last one, I think. Okay, uh, it's cool. from Swangor. Mm -hmm. hey, uh, he, hey, man, how's it going, Swangor? Yeah, he wants to know, what's the story behind Ben starting to work for EP and reviews on the run? I remember for his first review where he threw the game into the dumpster. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, Donnie wants to know what the uh, story is from uh, for you joining our team and, and your first early, do early days working for EP and reviews on the run. How did that all happen from your vantage point? Uh, well, I paid you a lot of money and some right. favors. Right, right, uh, right. Some, some under undercarriage tickle. Um, I, lo I loved it. Um, loved it every, I, every I, minute. I don't know. Of it. I mean, you probably can speak to it better than I can. From what I recall, we. I mean, Victor and I have been at a lot of different events together over the years. We sort of started our careers around the same time. You were, I think, a year before me or two years before me in mm -hmm. the industry, and. Uh, just over time, we just kind of would be at events together and, you know, you're at an event together, you play the game and then you're all sitting down eating lunch at a table and you talk and that's just how you get to know people in this industry and, uh, or it's nighttime and you're drinking or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I think I remember we were at, we were at some hotel in Los Angeles, the one with the big crazy tree. It's like in Santa Monica, like a Sheridan or something at some Sega event or something. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking about Nintendo and I was getting really animated, like I was super. I don't know what they did, or if they if they put out some games. This might have been like right right when the Wii came out. Well, maybe, maybe music. Could have been Wii music. Could have been like uh, like they just named it the Wii, and we were all just bullshitting about why are they call it the Wii. That sucks. Like why W I I? How do you pronounce it? Like we were just all rambling at this table, and I was animated about it. And after that, you like came up to me and you're like, "Hey, would you like to come like film an episode of this show? With I think it'd be really good like being a part of the show." And I was like, I, "That's yes, of course, that would be awesome." Um, that's then, it. I mean, that's I think it. <laughs> I don't think I have any more to offer. Was that like 2008? Was that just when we moved into our house and uh, and you stayed in the basement? Was that the first time that uh, that you came up to work with us? Or was no, that... no, no, no. I stayed in a hotel. Yeah. Uh, I it was up real. I was just like up and down. I came for like a day. Right. Yeah. Shot and I stayed in a hotel, and I didn't sleep. I was so nervous. You put a, an Xbox 
in the hotel room because I needed to play more. Right, and I had yeah. this like bag of games that I brought up with me, oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, the night before. <laughs> and well, there's a whole other story. <laughs> Getting stuff. getting past the uh, uh, the the Canadian uh, the customs people. Yeah, right. getting yeah. into Canada. <laughs> the huge one bag day of games. With, with a bag of video games. <laughs> <laughs> they they had some questions for me. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, it's was... al- it's always a weird. You 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 say, <laughs> you say I work in video games, and then they can it can go one of two ways every time. It usually it's like awesome. I love video games. It's what are you playing right now? Sometimes you're just like, what are you doing, video game? What's going on? Let's go talk to you in the back for a yeah. little while. Yeah. Well, you got so many games with you, man. You're yeah. like, I'm smuggling, you know, fucking Fantastic Four on the way to Canada. <laughs> got me. Yeah. yeah. Take me I, away. Honestly, I've had to travel with systems for big chunks of my career, and there was only ever one time where they, they said I couldn't bring the game systems through. And so I had to sit with the uh, the U.S. guys for a, for a while, and then we just talked about it. I was like, guys, I'm reviewing these games. I need these machines to be. I'm not selling them. I'm not bringing them down. They totaled up what they would all be worth. It's unbelievable. You know, for, for a long time, nobody believed this was an actual job. Like, for a long time, this yeah. wasn't an actual job. Yes. And then and then it's sort of we when we both started, it, it was the beginnings of this. I mean, I technically, you know, PC Gamer and CGW, and then magazines before that had been, of course, been around since the '80s. But yeah, but they were small compared to sort of what happened when the internet blew up and then all those magazines got big and had websites too so we were there sort of right when this became a viable career yeah. now you can say i review video games or i play league of legends professionally and no one bats an eye They're like of course here's totally. one of those guys um so yeah so i think it was just to answer the question it was like right place right time yep just i've always loved vic i've always loved the show uh i've always loved you know his passion for the industry and his optimism, which are things that you don't find much, you find at least you don't find it that's that honest. I mean, you really love the stuff and you really have a passion for it. And I, I'm not always like that. I'm sort of a, uh, a I like to call myself a cynical optimist. You yeah. know, I, I'm optimistic, yeah. but I always sort of am like, eh. And I thought it would be an interesting dynamic to work with you and it's been uh interesting is uh is nowhere near strong enough of a word it's been uh it's been amazing uh, it's, it's i found it incredibly easy to to get into any topic with you and i feel like we have these huge long conversations every time we get to see each other it's not often enough uh, yeah but yeah i love working with you and and uh uh you've been a huge you know creative force in our in our programming and in, in our company and uh God damn it, we're going to be doing some more of it soon, even if it comes down to, uh, you know, lots of internet connection this way. But uh, I know that the viewers have always loved you on the show. You've always been a perfect fit. And uh, you did make an impression right away by throwing a Fantastic Four game into the garbage (laughs) on your very first day. Uh, But you always have great insight and a great sense of humor. And, uh, you know, it's uh, that's what I've been really, really good at is hiring fantastic people. And you one of those, buddy. You are awesome. It's very sweet. It's yeah. true. You you are really good at hiring fantastic people. Thank you. Uh, I know. I am fantastic. You so are. You are fantastic. fantastic. The Fantastic Four. Yes. Fantastic. We, we connected exactly all of it. It's perfect. All right. And any other comments or questions, Blake? Uh, no, that was the last one. Okay. That was the last one. Ben, I'm going to let you go, my friend. It has been uh, a pleasure catching up with you. Let's do this again very soon. Maybe after we've had a little bit of the, uh, the spring fever. With, uh, with all the games that are going to be coming out over the next little while and the, and the hype and the lead up to E3. Uh, I would actually love to, if we're going to, are you going to be doing the pre-E3 thing? 
I hope so. I'm yeah. not sure. I, I, I talked to our uh, mutual friend uh, yeah. runs that show uh, at, at uh, the GDC, and it sounds like that's still going to happen. I think you know each year that show, uh, the pre-E3 uh, thing, has sort of – we're never really sure if it's going to keep going or what it's going to look like each yep. year. Uh, I've heard that it's still going to happen, but I, I haven't uh, gotten myself set up for it yet, but I think so. Well, we uh, the last few times that we've been doing that, we've been able to, because Steve Tilley usually joins us on that, so we've been able to coordinate some fun conversations around that. So let's plan to do that, if, yeah. not, if not something sooner, and uh, continue to have fun with your, your new adventure there, my friend. Proud of you. Esports. 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 Maybe we should say it like esports. Esports. <laughs> <laughs> you rock, Ben Silverman. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, thank you, everyone that's uh, been tuning in to the uh, Vic Spaceman today. Really appreciate you. And thank you for your comments and your support. And uh, uh, yeah, please uh, feel free to comment under this. We're reading everything and we'll respond. And, and uh, we love you. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll be, we'll be back soon. And Stitcher!